streets from Hot 97. Hot 97 WQHT, New York. The reunion or evolution of the Wu-Tang Clan, one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time, has been a rocky one. While the clan has come together for Summer Jam and for Rock the Bells, there have been some disagreements between members. The latest is RZA's comments about Raekwon on the Arsenio Hall show. RZA singled out Raekwon for not contributing to Wu's reunion album. Ray has hinted that there's some outstanding business problems. But RZA did say he believes that it'll all work out. You can watch the video of RZA on the Misinfo blog. It's your Hot 97 News update with Misinfo on Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. We're talking about the NFL and bullying. Could it happen to you? Has it happened to you? Give us a call right now, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. 9797. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers on Google Plus, Lisa Evers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And for a free podcast of this show, if you want to replay it for your friends and family, and also videos of my Fox 5 news stories, you should check out the latest one with the exclusive video of Chris Brown and Spray Brown Spray Ground Backpacks. All you have to do is go to LisaEvers.com and log on right there. It is all there for you. Now, allegations by Miami Dolphins player Jonathan Martin that he was subjected to bullying and racist rants by teammate Richie Incognito rocked the sports world and ignited a debate about where our society should draw the line between hazing which is very common in some areas and bullying which goes across all areas of American life and not just limited to sports some people didn't believe that a Stanford educated NFL player like Martin could be bullied but it looks like something serious must have happened Bad enough for him to resign. Now there's an official NFL investigation. Martin met with a special investigator for the NFL, Ted Wells, for seven hours and said afterwards that once this is all over, he plans to return to football. His alleged bullying teammate, Richie Incognito, has been suspended by the team and is fighting it. He claims he's innocent. Now, whatever comes of this, one thing is for sure, it has blasted a bright light on a problem that just will not go away, and that's bullying in person and online. What do you think about bullying in the NFL, in sports? What about school, your job, even your family? Have you been bullied? Give us a call right now, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up on Twitter with your comments, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. And we've got a great panel to talk about this and get into all aspects of this problem and this, this situation. Joining us is Gerald Brown. He's with Sirius XM Bottom Line Sports Show. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us in studio, NFL free agent Brett Lockett. He is a spokesperson for Bullyville.com. We're going to find out what that's about. Brett, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Dwayne Riggins. He's an NFL trainer, all-around amazing athlete and teacher, co-founder of Friends Against Bullying. Dwayne, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us, Carla Franklin. She is an advocate against bullying. Carla, thanks for being with us again. Thanks for having me. And Kyle Mazza, he's a 16-year-old who was bullied and is going to tell us what that was like. So Kyle, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you for having me on the panel. Thank you. And Vladimir Kalikste, she is a therapist, a licensed mental health therapist. She's going to talk with us about what this does to the person that suffers this and experiences this. And also signs that you may have a bully in the making 
in a particular classroom or your family or, or whatever. And also joining us on the phone is Keith Reed from ESPN. Keith, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We, we really appreciate it. Gerald, how big of a deal is this? I think it's really uh, it's a major, major deal in regards to the NFL because it's going to change uh, in the future the way the NFL locker room, uh, I guess the culture, has, uh, has existed in terms of what we've seen, the rites of passage where athletes would come in and rookies, the hazing. Uh, we are already seeing the trickle-down effect in other sports like the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves, have instructed their coaches to let the players know those rookies you can't wear the sort of kitty book bags anymore so it's going to be a domino effect that's felt not only in the NFL but throughout the whole professional sports world. What do you mean by kitty book uh, book bags? Well most rookies they have the Jonas Brothers or the Spongebob book bags sort of kind of demeaning things that they would wear in terms of paying their dues. Uh, oh you mean they'd be forced to wear Right, those. being forced to wear. So I think the thing is is that this bullying uh, the situation that transpired in Miami, it's really going to change the whole outlook of what we have and understanding what hazing has uh, been in, in, in the NFL in general. Keith Reed of ESPN, what's your take on this? Well, I, I think he's absolutely right that you're already seeing a change in the way NFL locker rooms start to equip themselves with regard to you know, the bullying and hazing. Uh, I think the NFL is going to have to draw a serious line uh, somewhere in the sand in terms of what it defines as either bullying or, or hazing, which, you know, some people are going to argue is going to be to the detriment uh, of those locker rooms. How do you determine a pecking order and how do you determine who the leaders are in a locker room uh, if there if there is no way to, you know, to, to have rookies come in and have to go through whatever the, you know, the trials or, or, or the tests that the leaders in the locker room uh, want to put them through. On the other hand, you know, the NFL is a billion-dollar brand. It's a billion-dollar business. It, it, it is. It is not just a sport. Uh, it's. A, it's a brand, and the brand that you know. Roger Goodell talks all the time about protecting the shield. It cannot afford to be associated uh, to have that brand and all those teams associated with "quote unquote" bullying, which has been one of the biggest hot button topics uh, in in sports and in, and in America over the last you know last few years. So you know the NFL is going to have to draw some serious lines. It's already taken a look at this, and, and this is definitely not going to stop with Jonathan Martin, Richie Incognito, by any means. All right, Brett Lockett, NFL free, late, uh, free agent and spokesperson for Bullyville.com. What was your reaction, your first reaction, when you heard about this story with Jonathan Martin? It, it was kind of uh, unbelievable, but at the same time, very believable because, um, you know, I've been in the NFL for four years, college for four years, and hazing was a big part of college when I got there. Um, you know, I went through an incident myself where... I had to get, literally I had to protect myself um, by pulling, you know, a knife out to protect myself um, from 16 players on my team that were trying to cut my hair. So, and this is at UCLA, so I know how big hazing is, and it stopped in college because of so, so many incidences, but now it's continuing in the NFL because it hasn't been shed light on until this point. So tell us about what happened with you. So you, you had, do you have braids? You had longer hair? No, I, I just, I, no, I had, you know, I had the same hair, but they were cutting all the rookies' hair, or all the freshmen's hair, I'm sorry. Right. And, um, you know, they, they came, well, one player came and knocked on my, my door, and he was a freshman, so I'm thinking, hey, you know, let him in. Right. And uh, I opened the door, and... 15, 16 uh, older players rush in, pull the chair out, and say, hey, you're going to uh, sit there and we're going to cut your hair. And I said, no, you're not. They said, we're going to cut your hair and we're going to cut your eyebrows. I said, 
over my dead body. So, you know, I used to carry a pocket knife. I pulled it out. I didn't open it, but I pulled it out, and everybody kind of started pushing me. And um, next thing I know, I end up on the floor, and everybody's just kind of like, hey, let's get out of here. This guy's crazy. So from that point on, they actually called me Switchblade, um, and that, you know, which was kind of the bully thing. Um, but, you know, next day I go to practice. Helmets taped up. Cleats are taped up. Um, and, you know, I really felt like I had – you know, maybe two friends the whole the whole you know time our freshman year at UCLA. And did you speak to any of the coaches about it at the time, or was that just something you didn't do? No, you, that's just that's something you don't do. Um, you know, once you do that, they kind of label you as, you know, the the scary guy, the guy who's going to tattletale. And you know, we all have egos, and we're all men, so we're all trying to be men. You know, especially coming from high school, going into college, that's a huge transition. Um, and you know, that just really. Um, opened my eyes to what you know what these players are about. Plus, in that sport too, you're so dependent, even for your own safety, on how the other other teammates are dealing with you. Absolutely, and it's it's hindering to your play. I mean, it it really can hinder a person's play if you are sitting next to a guy and you don't trust this guy has your back. And what about in the pro locker rooms when you made it to the pros? You've been with the Jets. You were with the Patriots also. Correct. What were those locker rooms like? And were there were there kind of rites of passage for the new players, for the rookies? It's actually funny because with the Patriots, there wasn't um, any of that. Because I think from the top to the bottom, from the structure at the top, I think Bill Belichick holds everybody accountable and at the same position. Um, nobody's you know, ahead of anybody else. Tom Brady's no more important than the next guy. Um, but more with the Jets, um, I think it was a little different. I think the structure was different. I think, um, you know, there were certain favorites on the team, and you can kind of see that in the locker room. You could kind of see the players who got away with things compared to the players who didn't. And I think that um, was the reason, especially last year with the whole Tim Tebow debate and the defense going at the offense. That's how you know that there's there's some lack of structure um, in the in the you know organization and lack of leadership. Exactly. And so you think it comes down from the top? It, absolutely, absolutely, because they're the ones that control these players. They're the ones that let these players get away with it. And they set the tone and say, hey, listen, we're here to win games. This is really, this is a sport, but it's really a business. Exactly. And we're here for one purpose. Right. And what about the Jets? Was that one of the reasons you, you, you didn't want to play there anymore? Or what happened with No, that? they actually, they let me go. Um, you know, I, it's, it's a great organization. You know, they, they let me go. But, um, you know, just being in the two different locker rooms, you can see a distinct uh, differentiation from the Patriots to the Jets. A different type of a de- leadership and different type of record as, as well, right? Exactly. Keith Reed from ESPN, the, uh, was there something about Miami, the way that this happened? I mean, first we heard that Jonathan Martin, the, the player that says he was bullied, he didn't tell anybody and then he just resigns from the NFL, which, I don't know, is that unprecedented? Uh, well, I mean, there, there are players certainly who have walked away inexplicably uh, from their careers in the NFL before. Uh, you know, there's uh, John Moffitt walked away just a couple of weeks ago from the Denver Broncos saying that he wasn't happy. And I'm not drawing the line between uh, the, the Richie Incognito, Jonathan Martin, uh, Martin incident and John Moffitt. Uh, but, you know, who knows what, what, you know, what happens in, in these locker rooms. It's certainly not unprecedented to have players who, who walk away and we never get an explanation of why they leave the league and why they walk away from million-dollar paychecks. Uh, you could speculate all, all day about that if, if you wanted to. 
We don't know all the facts about what was happening in the Miami Dolphins locker room. That's why the NFL has appointed a special counsel. Uh, but I think it's pretty safe to say that from everything that we've heard on either side, uh, that it was very definitely a, a cultural, uh, that there was something about the culture in that locker room. And again, uh, the, the panelist who just spoke before me talks about, you know, the difference in the, in the cultures in locker rooms when you have a coach and when you have an organization that, that doesn't tolerate certain things. Those things don't happen. You don't have real leadership in locker rooms. All kinds of things happen, and, and this is certainly, surely not the first time that we've heard about, you know, very poisonous locker room cultures that inculcate these sorts of things in the NFL. All right, 1-800-223-9797. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, at me, Lisa Evers. And we're talking about the NFL and bullying. Could it happen to you? A lot of people were shocked that a, a big football player could be bullied. And, you know, maybe was he just complaining because this was hazing? This was just something that was kind of a rites of passage? Where does it cross the line? Dwayne Riggins, you train NFL players. You also were a victim of bullying yourself when you were younger and the co-founder of Friends Against Bullying. What did you think about this whole story? First of all, I'd like to say that um, you don't have to break me down to build me up. Right. Um, Leadership. I was listening to what Brett was saying. What Brett was saying. Leadership is big. All right. And if you are leading, you lead to lead people to be better, not to lead to bring them down. It always starts from the top. Uh, I was bullied, you know, as a child, you know, and coming up through my high school years. And I was, you know, led to think that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't complete anything. You know, people felt that it was necessary to make me try to feel little or less than who, you know, than what I was. I had this, and why were they picking on you? Uh, just for, for anything. I mean, I was 119 pounds. I was a freshman in high school. You know, I wanted to go out for football. You know, I was told that I was too small. I couldn't do this. You can do that. Then because of the complexion of my skin, being born in the South, I was bullied because of the complexion of my skin. Now I look at it and realize that people, people bully because of ignorance. If they don't know you or understand you or understand something, they bully. And they may not call it bullying. They may call it something else. You know, they may say, well, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, build you up. I'm trying to make you strong. That's not what it's about. You know, um, I, 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 it, it affected me, you know, uh, up into my 20s. It began to make me feel that I couldn't complete nothing. I, I would start a task and I could never finish the task because I didn't believe in myself. You know, so it took a lot for me to get beyond that. And even right now, as a as an adult, you know, I go back to my middle school years um, where I was really bullied really bad. I can't even remember, and I tell people this, and it bothers me. I cannot remember the hallways. I don't really remember most of my middle school years. I blocked it out. So when people have these stories about oh oh back in the day, remember when we were this or that? You don't even remember any of I that. I don't. I don't remember my middle school years. I remember probably I should remember the cafeteria, but I don't. You know, I don't remember nothing, basically. And I stood in front of the school and broke down in tears because I couldn't remember because I blocked it out. It was terrible. You know, my high school years, you know, I picked up a little weight, got a little older. And it's funny, I can still remember, you know, a lot of my bully, the guys that did the bullying, I still remember their names. And they see me now, it's different, you know. Well, you're like 6'4", 6'5". I'm I'm about 2'30 now. But that was a difference then. Right. You know, things changed. And now they're looking at you and going, wow. Vladimir Kalikstay, licensed mental health counselor and, and therapist. When you hear Dwayne's story, is that typical that you block out these things and then it gives you a lack of self-confidence that can go into other areas? Well, what we've 
noticed is that a lot of people who have been bullied, they have a greater risk for traumatic, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression. You know, bullying has a real ripple effect. Um, it's And just to kind of go back, we see an example with what's going on in this case that bullying is really pervasive in the workplace. And I like to take this type of kind of analogy that in it, the, the essence of bullying, it's the imbalance of power. Because here we see Incognito, who is a veteran player, who is obviously leveraging his power over um, Martin, who's a, a second-year player. Right. So, and that, and there, were, there were reports that uh, reports that he was told to do that to toughen him up. Do you buy that, Keith? Yeah, I, I find it easy to, easy to believe. I don't know. Again, we don't know all, all the facts, and, I, and I'm trying to be a little bit careful about you know about stating these things for facts. But yeah, I buy that. I completely buy that. I mean, we see that you know almost at at every level in, in sports. Where, you know, you have somebody go to you know go to a coach or another player and say, you know, he's got to go to this guy. You got to make him tougher. You got to make him stronger. You got to make him a part of the team. There's a there's very much a mentality that you know that that, that says you know the, the, we are only as strong. Is our weakest link. So if other guys in that locker room or in his unit say, you know, believe that Jonathan Martin w- w- was weak and Richie Incognito was viewed as a leader uh, in that locker room, it's, it's easy to believe that somebody might have said to him, hey, go, go and toughen him up. But I do think that some of the other panelists made great points about the, about this idea of, you know, misplaced and misguided leadership. That leadership is not you know, in a lot of instances where you see guys who are bullies, and not just in the NFL, but excuse me, but anywhere, these you know the bullying comes from a place of lack in and of itself. These are people who make themselves feel better by making other people feel worse about themselves. So if you have that kind of a guy who comes into a locker room and suddenly finds himself in a leadership position, and then tap him on the shoulder and say, "Hey, go make that guy tougher," well, in his mind, that means make him feel worse. And that's how you end up with these sorts of situations. In these situations. Kyle, you're 16 years old. You're a high school student. What happened to you? Well, in third grade, I was uh, pushed down. And I was small at that time. And we were running around for free time on the playground. And I was pushed down. I was told that I was small, that I was never going to have any friends. But I believe that the bullies were bullying me because something happened to them. And what I did was I tried to say to the bullies, you know what, Um, I'm not going to hang out with you anymore, but I still care. Because I feel that the bullies... You said that in third grade? Yes. Wow, okay. Well, because I feel that the bullies have something going on in their life that's making them upset, and they take it out on other people. And if no one comes forward to what they are going through, then, you know, of course they're going to act out on other people. Because they can't deal with it themselves. and So you're saying it's a problem with them. Something that's a problem with them is making them uh, beat up on or abuse or, or harass other people. Well, yeah. It could be something that's going on in that person's life that's making them upset. And they feel that the only way I'm going to deal with this, if I can't say it in words, I'm going to act it out. Because if, if they don't have the courage to say what they're really going through in words... Of course, they're going to act out on other people. They're going to intimidate others on the way that 
maybe they were told the same things. Or maybe they they were shown or or that they feel they can get away with. 1-800-223-9797. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the NFL and bullying, but has it happened to you? 1-800-223-9797. And what do you think about this story? Let's go to... Daddy from Jersey. That's what that's a name. All right, yeah, yeah. TJ, help me with this. Here. <laughs> Daddy, how you doing? Danny, no, Danny. 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 Okay. Yeah. What's going on, Lisa? How are you? Good morning. All right. How are you? Good morning. Uh, all right, yeah, I just want to just like say I've been. I'm 24 now. I'm about to be 25. I got bullied through eighth grade. Pretty much, they made me change three different high schools, and it's got nothing to do with the kids. It's the parents and it's the administrators, the adults, the principals, the superintendents. Even the, down to the police force in certain cases. In my area, in my case, it was even the police were in on it. So it, 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 you can't blame these kids. These kids aren't the reason for it. They're getting taught to bully. You know, everybody, what, what all these other gentlemen were saying in the locker rooms, and it, all these guys that are, you know, football players, pro athletes, and all these guys, they're getting paid millions of dollars to sit there and do what they do. I mean, yeah, regardless, like, good for them. But, you know... These guys in high school are the ones that are really bullying everybody else, if you think about it. So now that they're, they're one up in, in their area, now they're going to turn around and they're going to cry because they're getting bullied. But really, you think about it, let's think about all those other people that know these guys. I guarantee you, nine out of ten of them are going to say they were the bullies in high school. All right, so why are they crying about it? All right, Danny, thank you. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, Glowy from Jersey. Glowy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how's it going? All right, how you doing? Uh, I'm just calling because uh, I think it's preposterous that uh, we're wasting our time on two grown men hazing each other. I just believe it's all the whole culture and that Miami Dolphins are a locker room. And as the other guy was saying, he went through football also. That that happens, that's like the rite of passage. So for Jonathan to get up and complain about him being hazed or whatnot, paying, I think it was like, what, $2,000 or something? For dinner, when Des Bryant paid up to twenty thousand dollars for his whole locker room, come on, like we're wasting our time on that. We should be focusing more on the how basically our rap culture is affecting the youth, so they could grow up so violent and kids actually being bullied at school. All right, well, like, that's what that's, that's what we're talking about too. All right, thank you very much for the call. One eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. NFL free agent Brett Lockett, Bullyville dot com spokesperson. Where do you draw the line between hazing and bullying? You know, just between somebody new coming into the team and they're kind of like, you know, right. just messing with them. Right. Um, I mean, it kind of goes um, back to paying your, your, your dues because when you come into the NFL, um, when you come into a college organization, it's a privilege to be there. Um, and the older players sometimes feel like you owe them something because they all went through it. And it's something that's it's a, a, a routine that's been going on since, you know, way back when. So it's kind of hard to get rid of the actual prospect of hazing. But there's a certain extent, you know, with the whole Richard thing, you know, there's positive reinforcement and there's negative reinforcement. And when th- there's many coaches that will tell an older player, hey, you know, we got this guy. He's going to be a good player. We need you to mentor him. And there's one thing to mentor a player, but there's an one thing. There's another thing to tear him down. And he, know, he Richard knew exactly what he, he was doing. Um, so for him to go out there and, you know, and say, you know, I didn't mean to offend anybody. 
you knew what you were doing. No, nobody says those kind of statements, those kind of words, especially to African Americans. What about the racial slurs? Um, I, I, I don't stand for that. And, and anybody in that locker room that heard him say that, if they did hear him say that, they need to check him. And I, I think I honestly think that he's there, there's been tons of people that I've grown up with, you know, that have not been black, that have said the N word. And we've had to check them because if you if it goes unchecked, it, they think it's OK. Right. And nobody and people have to stop and call Franklin. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I totally agree with what Brett said. And I think it's important to, first of all, step back and recognize this as being I think bully. The word bullying is a very um, popular catchphrase. It has, you know, you know, it's popular in our culture. But this is harassment. This is clear harassment. And to me, that's when it crosses the line, when it violates a person's rights, when they're having emotional and psychological um, issues from this, when it's repeated, when it's co- when it comes from your, your coworkers and your bosses, that that is when it becomes harassment. And and this has become a, a, a pervasive phenomenon in our culture. Workplace bullying. It's really workplace harassment. And you also mentioned the other players in the locker room. I think, you know, in, in cases of bullying or harassment, you have, um, you know, three types of characters in the saga. You have the victim the, the and the bully, the perpetrator, but you also have the bystanders. And I think we've talked a lot about the leadership. They are part of the bystanding crowd, but we also have to recognize that there were adults and I'm, I'm making the distinction from childhood bullying because that is something, uh, uh, to me, that's quite different. But there were adults in that locker room that knew and saw what w- was going off, on, and they were complacent and compliant in, in this activity. All right, Keith Reed, ESPN, are we changing in, as a society in terms of our sensitivity to this? Because we saw that scandal with Rutgers. We've seen other, you know, other schools, like on the college level. Brett was talking about his experience at UCLA. Are we, is the culture evolving and we're becoming more sensitive to this or, or is it getting worse? In other I'll, words, is I'll, what was okay, is what was okay five years ago not okay today? I don't know that we're getting a lot more sensitive to it. I think that we get shocked by it when we, when we hear an example of what happened, like in, in, you know, in the Dolphins locker room or, or at Rutgers. But then it continues. I mean, you know, the Rutgers thing was a, was a year ago, and then you and then this came out, and then you'll hear about something else a, a year from now. These things continue to happen, and I think that reflects that, that somewhere, you know, this is this is a cultural phenomenon, and it's embedded very deeply, and it won't go away. One of just something that one of the callers said: you know, so Why are we wasting time on on these, you know, two grown men who who were hazing each other? It was only, you know, a couple of things that were said, and it was only twenty thousand dollars. That's a reflection of, of where we are. Listen, if you think that taking somebody on a team, you know, where guys make, you know, where the minimum salary is like $300,000, and you can tell somebody, force somebody to pay $20,000, it's a significant percentage of their money, for other guys to go, to go to a restaurant and buy champagne, and you think that's okay? If you think that somebody can say, can, can say the N-word to you, can call you the most vile racial slur, in you know in the English language, and that's okay. That that's only just about two grown grown men, and we should ignore it. That says a lot about where we are culturally. It's it's not acceptable, but somehow people still find ways to legitimize these things and blow them off. Brett, you wanted to say something on that? Yes, just back to what I was saying about. Um the routine that's been going on ever since really sports have been going on is the hazing fact, especially with rookies coming into the NFL is that rookie dinner. And I've been to it. Um, I've seen, you know, my rookie year, you know, I've seen somebody have to put up 12 grand for a $30,000 dinner, um, you know, with 20 players. And that's just in other words, they make you pay. 
They, they like, make, like in they this make case. the first round draft pick, the highest draft pick they make him pay because he has the most money. So they normally make him pay a portion of the money and all the other rookies chip in. So this is something that has gone on for a very long time. Um, and I don't necessarily um, feel that that's a form of hazing. I think it's more a form of accepting and team bonding, bonding because everybody's done it prior to. Gerald, you're shaking your head yes? I think that, you know what, this incident is going to really cause the line to sort of be blurred in terms of what we deem now as hazing that is once the rites of passage in terms of rookies coming in, not understanding the sort of profession, what it means to be a professional. So thus, uh, you had veterans utilize different, top, different ways to sort of uh, integrate everybody rookies into the whole being professional in terms of like Brad was talking about buying a dinner carrying uh, your your shoulder the veteran shoulder pads I mean if a player now the way it's going now it's going to be a situation where if a player says I don't want to do these things it could be deemed bullying and and I think it it just really divides the locker room and you know it it doesn't help develop chemistry All right, you're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers 1-800-223-9797 I'm your host Lisa Evers at Lisa Evers on Twitter we're talking about bullying in the NFL and outside of the NFL in the workplace in the classroom at school let us know what you think 1-800-223-9797 Randall, Devin, Mike D, Erica everyone else that's on hold we're going to try to get to your phone calls after we take a short break but first let me remind you, Hot 97 has your Kanye tickets, also performing Kendrick Lamar and the Tribe Called Quest. Your free tickets, we've got them here all weekend long. Kanye West, the Yeezus Tour, Barclays Center, November 19th and 20th, Madison Square Garden, November 23rd and 24th. Tickets on sale now. We're back right after this. Just in time for the holidays. Hot 97's got the Sony PS4. Sony PS4. That's right. We got it. No long lines. No signing up. We got that Sony PS4. Tune into the Hot 97 Morning Show this week at 7.50 a.m. And me, Angie Martinez, at 4.50 p.m. The Sony PS4 on Hot 97. Right now at the Home Depot, get a 10-year sealed battery smoke and carbon monoxide alarm start at just $24.97. So, let's worry less. Let's do smarter fire safety. Alarms that won't turn off and batteries that won't chirp for 10 long years. Let's do this. Get a worry-free alarms starting at just $24.97. More saving, more doing. That's the power of the Home Depot. U.S. only. See store for details. We made Tylenol cold to help keep you going this winter. Once upon a time. You make rehearsals fun. Once upon a time in a land far away. We helped you with your cough. You hem her costume for opening night. We took away your congestion. The end. You give your budding actress a standing ovation. Tylenol cold helps relieve even your worst cold and flu symptoms. But for everything we do... Mom, how did I do? We know you do so much more. Tylenol cold. Use as directed. Start the season at Macy's Holiday Preview Sale. Take 25 to 50% off sportswear, dresses, and more for her. Save 30 to 50% on all fine jewelry. Take 50% off men's suits, separates, and blazers. Designer wool and down coats for her, 40% off. Save 40% during our great baby sale. And take 40 to 50% off Benny Basics from Charter Club, Hotel Collection, and more. Plus, get an extra 20 or 15% off with your Macy's card or Wow Savings Pass. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices exclusions apply. An American classic reborn. Nothing oozes style like Dutch apple pie. By Marie Callender's. Designed to go from frozen to 
fabulous. Succumb to the crumb. Marie Callender's even homemade pies pale in comparison. Hey, Grandma, bring it on. Groceries, essentials, signature value. The Everyday Collection by Target. After teaching science all day, I catch my share of colds. And as a parent, I choose the fast, effective relief of new Zephrex D. It's got pseudofedrin the decongestant pharmacists trust most, with or without a prescription. But only Zephrex D is both fast-acting, going to work in as little as 30 minutes, and has an advanced formula that's highly meth-resistant. Ask behind the counter for new Zephrex D with the decongestant pharmacists trust most, and the formula our communities can trust too. Use as directed. Is breakfast really the most important meal of the day? At Buffalo Wild Wings, we think a case can be made for lunch. Think about it. Award-winning hand-spun wings in 16 signature sauces and five seasonings, buffalitos, wraps, burgers, and salads. Yeah, we're thinking that's a pretty good argument. Now throw in the fact that we've got over 50 big screens to watch all the sports you'll ever want. It's officially a no-brainer. So next time, make lunch your game-winning meal. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. I remember the moment. moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. Several of us were working to rescue a family. The house collapsed on top of the cellar door and trapped them. We had to use Humvees and heavy machinery to move massive trees and debris. We got them out. We helped a lot of people out. It felt good to know I could really make a difference. Because I'm a citizen soldier in the National Guard. Be there the moment your community needs you. Learn more at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the New York National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Listen up. You know how I get down. Funk Flex. Sansone Auto Mall is having a huge secret sale. Log on to SansoneAuto.com and click secret sale. Sansone Auto Mall on Route 1, Woodbridge, New Jersey. Yo, what up, people? This is Common, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 9-7. People, baby. That's right, the people, baby. I'm Lisa Evers, your host for Street Soldiers. Check me out at lisaevers.com. You can get free podcasts of this show, previous episodes of Street Soldiers, and also you can see my videos for Fox 5 News. There's a great new one up with the uh, exclusive video of Chris Brown, what he was doing on a secret trip to New York, developing a design for spray ground backpacks. Check it out. Pretty cool. And uh, our topic, bullying. You heard about it in the NFL. We're talking about it everywhere and how it's affecting you. Taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Joining me in studio, Gerald Brown. He's with Sirius XM Bottom Line Sports Show. Brett Lockett. He's an NFL free agent and also a spokesperson for Bullyville.com. Dwayne Riggins is with us. He's an NFL trainer and co-founder of Friends Against Bullying. Carla Franklin, she's an advocate against bullying. Kyle Mazza, he's a high school student who was bullied when he was in elementary school, and he's talking about that. And Vladimir Kalikste, she is a licensed uh, mental health therapist, and we're talking with her as well about what some of these issues are. And on the phone, we have Keith Reed from ESPN. Um, Brett Lockett, NFL free agent, Bullyville.com. We're talking about the type of bullying that goes on in person, but one of the biggest areas now is online and through social media. Correct. And one in four kids will be cyberbullied through uh, the Internet. And this whole bullying thing is really coming to light more than ever right now because the accessibility that everybody has to everybody else through Instagram, through Twitter, through Facebook, you can reach everybody. And especially with kids, almost every single kid is on on Facebook. I mean, 92% of 
you know, America's on Facebook. So there are kids that are creating these fake Facebook accounts that are creating these fake Instagram accounts, taking pictures of certain individuals and putting them up on these accounts and making literally hate pages for these students. I, I spoke at a Sojourner Middle School in New Jersey um, earlier this summer, and this was a huge, huge thing going on. And the faculty literally had to monitor Facebook. They Not only at school they have to monitor the kids, but they have to go home and now monitor the Internet because there are so many different things that are getting posted by these individuals. All right, let's go to the telephone, uh, the phone lines. Let's go to Devin from Queens. Devin, hi, you're on Hot 97. Yes, how are you? All right, I'm how are you? I'm going to touch base real quick about the uh, bullying. They, um, basically, the, as far as the football player is concerned, this, this could have been, you know, stopped, you know, earlier it escalated and it got out of hand. Now it's lawyers, lawsuits, and stuff like that. As far as bullying, the kids are now, now texting and using the Internet, Instagram, and all that. And that's the new, they need more community centers for them, something for kids to do because they were just, they're just relying on the uh, cyber uh, and, and the texting. And as far as um, the the evil element with 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 Florida, with the cops, cops Florida is the number one state where, where cops get killed the most because of the stand your ground laws, where they have you know everyone is able to arm arm themselves long as it's not concealed. All right, and as far as rooting the evil out with Bloomberg, we got Bloomberg. Okay, De- Devin, wait, wait, you, were you going into a couple other yeah. show topics there? Let me just stay. Let me keep it focused here. He's got a lot. He, Devin, thanks for hanging on so long. I really appreciate. It. But yeah. I, you know, I got one eye on the clock here, and let's go to Mike from the Bronx right now. A lot of people want to get in on the conversation, but thank you so much for calling in. Let's go to um, Mike from the Bronx. Hey, Mike, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning, everyone. You know, I don't care about the um, the tasing and all that stuff. To me. Bullying is bullying. Harassment is harassment. It's still bullying because it's an act of hate. And what are you looking to do? You're looking to hurt another individual physically, verbally, even a combination of both. We're supposed to be beyond all that. We're supposed to be living in peace. And what are we? What kind of example are we setting for our children when you're hearing this stuff on the airways? You hear people speaking in hate. No, you're supposed to be setting a positive example. And you know that thing that somebody had mentioned about people watching and being forced to comply. You know, maybe they're afraid to speak out. I don't know, but it's never too late. You do not turn around and cheer on this act of hatred because you're just as bad as the other if you're if you're if you're a bystander and Vladimir Kalik stay licensed mental health counselor there are you you say long-lasting effects long-lasting effects and I think that's why bullying is summarily dismissed is because we a lot of people don't understand the damaging effects the psychological effects again people have been bullied they had a they're at a greater chance of getting depression post-traumatic stress disorder um, I've had clients who are on their way to work who've expressed that they're feeling like they want to vomit or they're, they're having so palpitations, heart palpitations, because they're nervous to go to work because not knowing what they're going to expect about what's going to happen. This Kyle, is a you real were real situation. Kyle, when you were you're, you're 16 now, when you were in third grade and, and you were going through this bullying thing, were you afraid to go to school or you just didn't want to go to school? Or did you experience any of that? I mean, I had the courage to go to school. Um, I missed like probably about one or two days, but after that happened, I wanted to show the bullies that I can actually be in school and try to, you know, I didn't want the bullies to win. And I figured if I won and I overpowered the bullies, they would stop. 
and they did. But I agree with the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I use it, but this has become common every day. And I agree with that core that said maybe kids have to go active. And maybe not be on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all day, and and try and try to find other things. Right, um, Gerald. The in terms of the the culture, is this something in sports too? Because th- there was a story that came out about Richie Incognito who denied he denied doing anything wrong in a, a Fox Sports interview, but there was a, a, an extensive article about him, his background, growing up. His parents were very uh, those aggressive type of parents. They were you know very. Mouthy is I'll put it I'll leave it at that with the, the his coaches even when he was you know even when he was a kid is there something in sport is this something is it different when it's in sports I think you know when when you have those type of individuals unfortunately and, and when it comes to sport you know and the NFL being that it's a, a physical sport and it's a very violent sport you look upon those guys as perhaps guys that you want on your team because they'll go through a brick, brick wall they'll do all kinds of gladiators. things yeah they're gladiators and they put a lot of the other stuff to the side but um it's just it's unfortunate because as i said before this is really just going to cloud everything in terms of what we now deem as perhaps in the past is something that's just like a rites of passage now everything is going to be bullying so are you worried like if let's say a coach you know a coach says, "Oh wow, you you missed the, you missed that play, or you really blew that play last time. Now get down and give me twenty five push ups. That's going to be considered bullying, I, not to that extreme, but or fifty. I don't know how many they're doing that. <laughs> not to that extreme, but I mean, think of different things. If players ask uh, rookie players are, are are asked to get donuts, or if a player in, in a locker room is asked to get up and sing the alma mater song, if they don't want to do that, it's just so many different things. What we looked upon as team building and bonding opportunities. Now we perhaps might have to think about it as uh, as being bullied. Dwayne Riggins, what do you think about that? You know, um, one of the things I want to just get back to, um, my concern is the children. All right. Um, It saddens me when I hear about a 12-year-old girl killing herself because she wasn't accepted in school. Or um, this young kid that couldn't make the team and the coach came and screamed at him and hollered at him and called him all kind of names and he goes back home and he can't even function in school because of what the coach said to him. I mean, that's a fine line. I understand because I do train. I work with professional athletes. And I hear them talk back and forth to each other. They say things to each other. But that's the way, that's their little thing. That's not bullying. Just going back to Brett. And and it it becomes crazy when you come in and you tell a man, a grown man, you know, we're going to cut your hair. And we're going to do this. We're going to shave your eyebrows. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. That's and then you tell him, you know, I got to stand there and actually pull a knife or, you know, defend myself to stop you from taking it over. The, it goes over the over the line. And and going back to what she was saying, I mean, to to the, the therapist. Uh, what's your name? Kalise. Kalise, Kalise, I love that name. Kalise. To Vladimir, go back, Kalise. To go to go back to what she was saying is a long lasting effect. I mean, that things that still bothers me now, you know, I get over it. But I had to deal with a lot of things as a child going into my teen years and becoming a young adult because of people trying to make me feel that I was less. That you were, and that if you I were didn't do what you told me to do, 
you know, there was consequences. It, it should not be in the workplace, in the NFL, or nowhere. All right, Car- Carla, what about the workplace? So, you, you know, what I'd say, what I like to say, um, getting back to the rites of passage, and then kind of applying that to, to the workplace, there needs to be room for rites of passage um, in in many different professions, or even in college, um, for sororities and fraternities. I'm in a sorority. Um, yeah, what and, about the fraternity hazing? And, and, We've heard things where people have had, you know, they've had absolutely. to drink, forced to drink so much that they that, went unconscious, had that, alcohol poisoning. That's where it crosses the line, where it is abusive, where there are, are physical and mental uh, negative consequences, cons- negative consequences, where it's really not a team building exercise. I mean, we see it on the NYPD. You know, we see it in, in fire departments. We see it in a lot of professions beyond the NFL that are maybe more testosterone driven or macho or where you have to kind of come together as a group for a common goal. But when it crosses the line into into things that are, are harmful mentally and physically, that's when it becomes um, it, and, and when people are targeted. And I think that's what bullying and harassment right. is. Exactly. Targeted. And I want to I want to get back to the online thing because we saw what Tyler Clementi, the, the Rutgers student who, who took his own life. Yes. Because he was bullied um, because of his, what they believed was his sexual orientation, and they set up video cameras and and that whole thing. Uh, Brett Lockett with Bullyville.com. The what 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 can you guys do in terms of that website? Like, how does that help? Well, uh, we actually monitor the online space and we look for different uh, individuals who are targeting um, others. Uh, specifically bullying um, and it's becomes it's really more than bullying when they're taking somebody's private information right. and they're making it public that's illegal that, that, that's illegal and um, there are tons of people that do that um, there's a tons of people that take photos from people's uh, Facebooks or from Twitter or from Instagram or take their videos and cut it up and post it or um, maybe make background their own background words on it. There's tons of this all over and we, we look at it and sometimes it can be funny, but it's still bullying. And there's a phenomenon of revenge porn amongst, um, you know, adults now where, you know, ex-boyfriends are now taking um, um, pictures that were intimate photos that were taken in an intimate context, uh, which is a very healthy thing. Right. I I don't judge anyone for doing that. And they're putting them on a line to embarrass women. Um, So it's becoming an issue. I I would just say what the attorneys have told us is that whatever you put online is you, you even though you think it's private. And there's private, there's so-called privacy saying you have to assume whatever you text or whatever you put online. online. Everybody see it. Always think it's sometimes it's text or whatever, but always think it's public. I don't want to blame the victim. I'm not. I'm I'm not blaming the victim. I'm I'm just saying as a word for our our listeners. Absolutely. From everybody that we've talked to, every time we've dealt with this, anything you text, anything you take a picture of, especially with the technology we have, just just think about what it would be like if you're, you know. Your mother saw it. Your grandmother saw it. Your boss saw it. Whatever. Anyway, let's go to um, let's sure. go to uh, Chef from Long Island. Chef, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, we tight. All right. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. Uh, I, I, I'm a spokesperson for an organization called Bullying. We're taking it, which is uh, one of the directors of it is Rocky Marciano Jr. Um, and I mean, it, it touches home to me a lot because kids are 12, 13, 14 years old, and they're killing themselves over what yes. somebody says to them. Um, I mean, I think, honestly, that the bullies themselves, it stems from the parenting. 
All right, good point. It comes comes it comes comes back to the comes Leadership. back to the parents. Yeah, there've been some. I mean, I've heard some stories where a child was bullied and the parents dealt with it, and they dealt with the other parents, and it w- it was it was taken care of like that. Have right. you seen that, Dwayne, uh, with your fact, program? It's, it's funny you say that because because um, your co-founder is a right. parent. Just 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 um, last last week, I was talking to a mom, and you know, also I'm a personal trainer, do fitness, and I had. This one mom, she came to me and she, she wanted to know, what should I do? You know, my son has been bullied on the bus by his best, supposedly best friend. And, and was calling him names, slapping him on the head and everything. So I'd say, listen, go talk to the mom. And, and since they're best friends, talk to the mom. And you guys get together and try to deal with this. Deal with it. Don't let it go undealt with. The kid was coming home. I don't want to go to school today. I don't want to go on the bus. They got together. She told me um, earlier this week, they got together and they talked, got the children together and everything is okay. And that situation, it was okay, but you dealt with it. Have to deal with it early on. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. And it it. has to come from the top. In that case, what you're talking about too is leadership. Resolution through leadership. All right, let's take take some phone calls. Let's go to uh, Rashawn from Jersey. Rashawn, hi, you're on Hot 97. Rashawn? Yeah, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Sean from Jersey. But all right. Now, what I, I love your show. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks of, for calling. A lot of things come from the community itself, not teaching the older members how to set an example to bring up leaders and bring up the community itself. I, I, I take this back to my high school days when I was the same Benedict Prep in Newark. And uh, there's actually a documentary coming about it soon. But what would happen is the leaders were actually held responsible for getting the rest of the younger members in line and trying to keep them together. So the hazing is still there. That community aspect of trying to get people to, okay, you know, you owe me something. You got to earn your right to be here. But it went from trying to break individuals down and a new guy down to actually bringing them up and making them stronger so that when we leave, I know that my younger my younger brothers are going to be taken care of by the people that I helped raise. You and that they're, even, that they're even starting. You're, you're raising an excellent point. I want to ask Keith Reed from ESPN. Keith, are there certain sports programs that are known to develop their, their team and their members that particular way? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are, there are plenty of, I mean, you look at Little League baseball programs all over the country that, that, that have great reputation for, you know, for bringing, their, uh, for bringing their, their kids along and getting them ready. I mean, you can look at many of the AAU basketball programs around the country that have some, that have some very strong leadership components. My own children played Pop Warner football, and we had a great experience. Uh, didn't, didn't deal with any bullying. But I think when you, when you start to look deeper, and some of the callers hit on this, when you get to the individual community level, and these things don't don't generally happen at, at, from the from the top down, right? So if you go to Pop Warner, Pop Warner has you know has rules and regulations, and they stipulate what coaches can do, and you have to go through training and background checks and all of these things just to even be around the kids. But then when you get to some of these individual teams, we would show up. You know, my, my kids would show up to, to play against some teams where the parents would get upset if your team was beating their team, and the parents would want to fight. <laughs> so I mean, what do you expect the kids? What do you expect the kids? Everyone in the studio shaking their heads, going, "Yep, yep." Everybody's seen that, it. That's, that's exactly what. That's exactly what happens. So when you have those kinds of things, so my point is that you know this happens in fraternities and sororities. This happened down at down at FAMU with the with the with the band, with the, you know the marching world famous marching band. You know was was suspended because a young man died. These things happen. They go underground. You know, you hear that in fraternities, sororities all, all the time. There's, there's the official intake process, and then there's the underground hazing process. Officially, 
there's stuff that you can't do and there's a line and there's a line that's been drawn. But then we all know that there's people who tell you, you know, go get in the cut and they bring out the paddles and they bring out all this all this other stuff that you that you gotta do. And that happens in sports. So, you know, it's gotta be deeper. I d I don't know that there's a solution to it other than we've got to you've got to continue to address them, you've got to continue to investigate, you've got to continue to go. But it's never you're never, I don't think, gonna be able to address these things from the very top, at least as so long as the people at the top think that think that the only thing that they need to do is set out some rules and then let everybody else, you know, below them go and do and, and follow that. that. And, and we're talking about rules here, Gerald Brown, Sirius XM Bottom Line Sports Show. Was this also a culture difference too? You had Richie Incognito, who plays a position from what I was able to read, where you spoke, you know, the more aggressive you are, the better. The Jonathan Martin's coming from Stanford. His mother, I think, is an attorney also. She worked with workplace discrimination. Is there a different sensibility in terms of maybe he didn't think he, he had different expectations? Yeah, I think uh, clearly, because I mean, uh, I think Jonathan Martin's mom and dad are Harvard graduates. It was really perhaps, I think, uh, the, some of the stuff that's leaking out that maybe one of the coaches felt that he wasn't tough enough. In fact, uh, Jonathan Martin was seen yesterday at the college at the college football game, uh, USC versus Stanford's alma mater, but um, I just I, the the whole terms now, like you had mentioned before, in terms of you know coaches telling players. Um, I mean, last night there's a new story that's coming out, another Rutgers uh, football incident uh, at the whole at the uh, at the university where one of the players basically felt that he was berated and belittled and harassed by uh, one of the defensive coordinator coaches for Rutgers football. So this is another scandal that's brewing with the school. But I think at the end of the day you know it's it's based upon the leadership in in terms of the uh the teams as far as you know feeling if a guy is strong enough or whatever and sometimes they're not using the the physical methods that the methods that they're using to try to reach these players is uh unthinkable i mean it's unfortunate all right but what about the verbal and brett lockett spokesperson for bullyville.com nfl free free agent where do you draw the line between a coach that's like yelling at the players and motivating you guys you know where, where does that line or is there a line between where that's like motivational and where it's abusive there's been a cultural uh establishment that's been put in the nfl ever since the beginning if you can really look back at when the nfl started it was all about being tough it was all about you know they didn't even wear face masks you know back in the day so it's about a culture that was established from the toughness the grittiness of a man it's it's literally um the closest form to um modern day gladiators that we have and Coaches coach these players to be that way. And I've played in the NFL for four years, um, been in college four years, and the talent level that's in the NFL is by far the best that you'll ever be around. So for you to succeed in the NFL, you have to have toughness, whatever position you play. Mental toughness, physical toughness. And then they're looking at it, too, because we're forgetting these coaches are getting paid, too. So if these coaches aren't winning, they're not going to be there the next year. So you not only have the stress to win, but you have the stress to feed your family because all of these coaches have kids and wives that they still have to feed. So they're looking at it as my guy needs to be able to do his job and he needs to be accountable. But there is a, a fine line between 
positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. And you see that all the time, especially with this new incident that's happening with Rutgers. And what do you think is the, what do you think is the answer? Like, what advice do you have for younger, you know, for, for younger players, for high school players that are listening to this show right now or college players that are going through it? Like, what do they do? I mean... You have to have tough skin. If you want to play football, if you want to be the, the best at that, at that game, um, I don't know how basketball and baseball and all the other sports are, but for football, you have to have extremely thick skin. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I've been able to, to succeed because even in high school I had you know coaches talk to me crazy. Like I used to hate my sophomore coach in high school, my defensive coach. But right now I saw, I saw him when I went back to um, California, and you know me and him were, are super cool, but he made me that tough player. And sometimes you need that. Not everybody's cut out for that. And I think love. that's where we're. That's where we're. Um, you know, we're running right. Not everyone's these. cut out to play but that I kind mean, of game at that kind of level with that tons mean, of pressure. Manhood doesn't mean that you have to be testosterone-driven, macho all the time, and and and, and abusive. And I, I know that's not what you're saying. Right. Um, and having, well, in the sport, I mean, football, I think is a is a unique situation. Well, I, I I would also say investment banking. I would also say um, being in the military. But we used to have room for diversity of type of a person. Jim Brown. I believe that it was it was a great NFL player, but he was also a, a civil rights advocate. We used to have we used to have athletes in the black community that were quiet but tough. They were men, and so I think, well, I think we still do. No, I think no, we, no, we I think we okay. still do, and I think we I, and I'm I got, Carla, I got to yeah, cut you off because sure. I'm just about out of time with the show. But I think we do, and we I do. think we have even more now. And and I and I will say this to our listeners because we give feedback on this all the time. Yeah. Whether it's hip hop, whether it's professional athletes. Our, our black athletes, black entertainers, there's a lot of them that are doing p- very positive things there in the are. community without having a camera there, without having a TV camera there, and without trying to get publicity. I wish we had more time for this. Erica, Ralph, Victor, Patrick, Q, everybody else that's on hold trying to get in on the conversation. But unfortunately... We're out of time. Anyway, I want to thank our, our guests for being with us. Um, Keith Reed from ESPN, Gerald Brown, Sirius XM, Bottom Line Sports Show, Brett Lockett, NFL free agent spokesperson for Bullyville.com, Dwayne Riggins, a co-founder of Friends Against Bullying, and also Carla Franklin, advocate against bullying, Kyle Mazza, high school student, came on. Thanks for having the courage to speak about your experience. Oh, no problem. We appreciate it. And therapist Vladimir Kalikste, I want to thank all of you for being thank with you for us for me. this episode of Street Soldiers. We really appreciate it. Also got to give a big shout out to Simone Boss Lady, Boss Lady TV, and David Ben David, Spray Ground, Backpacks. Good luck with that whole Chris Brown launch this coming week. I know it's going to go awesome. And also very interesting developments with Jay-Z. He says he's going to go ahead with the Barneys line. And he said in an interesting way, he wants to do it because it's going to benefit the Sean Carter Foundation and scholarships and also to remain a part of the decision-making process and what goes on in those shop-and-frisk cases. So uh, we're going to be following that. Shout to Hove and the whole team over there. And also want to thank my whole team, executive producer Tone Capone, associate producer Angelique Tyree, our production supervisor, Andrew Veris, and the one and only man who never, ever disappoints us here at Hot 97, the one and only TJ, TJ. our board op, our digital director. And today, you know what? You held it down big time. You're my everything today. I want you to know that. <laughs> All right. Check me out on the Fox 5 News at 5, 6, and 10. 6 and 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers, Google Plus, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. Check out those videos and podcasts on LisaEvers.com. And remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Have a great week. I'm Lisa Evers. Put
push for peace. Hot 97's Angie Martinez. The amazing and fabulous Mariah Carey is still here with us today. They're gorgeous. So, what happened with American Idol? That's over, right? No more That's going back? That's over. Did you like That's it? Over. No, I hated it because it... <laughs> really? <laughs> I was led to believe I was the first person signed on mm-hmm. and I was just like, this isn't a big deal. This will be nothing. But it wasn't that. It was like going to work every day in hell with Satan. <laughs> What's up? It's Edge Martinez. If you missed my interview with Mariah Carey, get it now on demand on Hot97.com. The Home Depot has black. 